Random Knowledge, Episode 81, William Eddy William Eddy was an English artist best known for his history paintings containing nude figures. He was the first significant British painter of nudes and still lifes. Born in York, he left school at the age of 12 to become an apprentice printer in Hull. He completed his apprenticeship seven years later and moved to London, where in 1807 he joined the Royal Academy schools. There he studied under Thomas Lawrence and trained by copying works by other artists. Etty earned respect at the Royal Academy of Arts for his ability to paint realistic flesh tones, but had little commercial or critical success in his first few years in London. Etty's Cleopatra's arrival in Cilicia, painted in 1821, featured numerous nudes and was exhibited to great acclaim. Its success prompted several further depictions of historical scenes with nudes. All but one of the works he exhibited at the Royal Academy in the 1820s contained at least one nude figure, and he acquired a reputation for indecency. Despite this, he was commercially successful and critically acclaimed, and in 1828 was elected a royal academician, at the time the highest honor available to an artist. Although he was one of the most respected artists in the country he continued to study at life classes throughout his life, a practice considered inappropriate by his fellow artists. In the 1830s Eddie began to branch out into the more lucrative but less respected field of portraiture, and later became the first English painter to paint significant still lifes. He continued to paint both male and female nudes, which caused severe criticism and condemnation from some elements of the press. An extremely shy man, Eddie rarely socialized and never married. From 1824 until his death he lived with his niece Betsy. Even in London he retained a keen interest in his native York, and was instrumental in the establishment of the town's first art school and the campaign to preserve York City walls. While he never formally converted from his Methodist faith, he was deeply attached to the Roman Catholic Church and was one of the few non-Catholics to attend the 1838 opening of Augustus Pugin's Chapel for St. Mary's College, Oscott, at that time England's most important Roman Catholic building. Etty was prolific and commercially successful throughout the 1840s, but the quality of his work deteriorated throughout this period. As his health progressively worsened he retired to York in 1848. He died in 1849, shortly after a major retrospective exhibition. In the immediate aftermath of his death his works became highly collectible and sold for large sums. Changing tastes meant his work later fell out of fashion, and imitators soon abandoned his style. By the end of the 19th century the value of all of his works had fallen below their original prices, and outside his native York he remained little known throughout the 20th century. Eddie's inclusion in Tate Britain's landmark exposed, the Victorian nude exhibition in 2001-02, the high-profile restoration of his The Sirens and Ulysses in 2010 and a major retrospective of his work at the York Art Gallery in 2011-12 led to renewed interest in his work. Background In the late 18th and early 19th centuries, British painting was strongly influenced by Joshua Reynolds, the first president of the Royal Academy of Arts. Reynolds believed the purpose of art was to conceive and represent their subjects in a poetical manner, not confined to mere matter of fact, and that artists should emulate Renaissance painters such as Rubens, Paolo Veronese and Raphael and make their subjects close to perfection. After Reynolds's death his discourses on art, which extolled the notion of an artist's duty to paint idealized subjects, remained Britain's primary theoretical work on art. 
The Royal Academy dominated British art, with the annual Royal Academy Summer Exhibition the most important event in the calendar. The Royal Academy also controlled the prestigious Royal Academy Art Schools, which had an effective monopoly on the training of new artists and which taught with a very narrow focus on approved techniques. While painters such as J. M. W. Turner were beginning to move away from the influence of the old masters to create uniquely British styles, they adhered to principles established by Reynolds. In the opinions then current at the Royal Academy and among critics, the most prestigious form of painting was considered history painting, in which an artwork illustrated a story. It was thought that such works enabled British artists to show themselves as equal or even superior to those European artists active at the time, as well as to the old masters. Other forms of painting such as portraiture and landscapes were considered lesser styles, as they did not give the artist as much opportunity to illustrate a story but instead were simply depictions of reality. Nonetheless, even the most eminent artists would often devote time to portrait painting, as portraits were generally commissioned by the subjects or their families, providing a guaranteed source of income to the artist. Two of the first three presidents of the Royal Academy had made their names as portrait painters. Owing to a lack of patrons willing to commission history paintings, by the early 19th century history painting in England was in serious decline. Childhood and apprenticeship William Eddy was born in Fiesgate, York, on 10 March 1787, the seventh child of Matthew and Esther Eddy, nay Calverley. Although Matthew Eddy was a successful miller and baker, he bore a large family and was never financially secure. Esther Calverley's brother unexpectedly inherited the title of Squire of Hayden in 1745, nine years before Esther's birth, but disowned her following her marriage to Matthew, whom he considered as beneath her station. The family were strict Methodists and William was raised as such, although he disliked the Spartan appearance of the Methodist chapel and liked to attend his Anglican parish church or York Minster when able. He showed artistic promise from an early age, drawing in chalk on the wooden floor of his father's shop. From the age of four he attended local schools in York, before being sent at the age of ten to Mr. Hall's Academy, a boarding school in nearby Pocklington, which he left two years later. On 8 October 1798, at the age of eleven, William was apprenticed as a printer to Robert Peck of Hull, publisher of the Hull Packet. While Eddie found the work exhausting and unpleasant, he continued to draw in his spare time, and his job gave him the opportunity to broaden his education by reading books. It seems likely that it was working as a printer that led him to realize for the first time that it was possible for someone to make a living drawing and painting. On 23 October 1805, Eddie's seven-year indenture with Peck expired, an event greeted with great happiness as he intensely disliked the job. He remained in Hull for a further three weeks as a journeyman printer. He moved to London, with a few pieces of chalk crayons in colours, to stay with his older brother Walter in Lombard Street. Walter worked for the successful gold lace manufacturer Bodley, Eddie and Bodley, with whom their father's brother, also named William, was partner. He arrived in London on 23 November 1805, with the intention of gaining admission to the Royal Academy schools. Training applicants to the Royal Academy schools were expected to pass stringent ability tests, and on his arrival in London Eddie set about practicing, drawing from prints and from nature. Aware that all successful applicants were expected to produce high-quality drawings of classical sculptures, he spent much time in a plaster cast shop, kept by Ginelli, in that lane near to Smithfield, immortalized by Dr. Johnson's visit to see the ghost, there, which he described as my first academy, Etty obtained a letter of introduction from Member of Parliament Richard Sharp to painter John Opie. He visited Opie with this letter, and showed him a drawing he had done from a cast of Cupid and Psyche. Impressed, 
Opie recommended Eddie to Henry Fuseli, who accepted him into the Royal Academy schools as a probationer. Having satisfactorily completed drawings from casts of Laocoon and The Torso of Michelangelo, Eddie was accepted as a full student on 15 January 1807. Shortly after Eddie joined the RA, four major lectures on painting were delivered by John Opie in February and March 1807. In them, Opie said that painting brings into view the heroes, sages, and beauties of the earliest periods, the inhabitants of the most distant regions, and fixes and perpetuates the forms of the present day. It presents to us the heroic deeds, the remarkable events, and the interesting examples of piety, patriotism, and humanity of all ages, and according to the nature of the action depicted, fills us with innocent pleasure, excites our abhorrence of crimes, moves us to piety, or inspires us with elevated sentiments. O.P. rejected Reynolds's tradition of idealizing the subjects of paintings, observing that he did not believe that the flesh of heroes is less like flesh than that of other men. O.P. advised his students to pay great attention to Titian, whose use of color he considered unsurpassed, advising students that coloring is the sunshine of the art, that clothes poverty and smiles the paintings of his advanced age cloyed the taste by their sweetness. Millet had consciously modeled his style on Eddie, and his works prior to the formation of the pre-Raphaelites are very similar in composition, but after 1848 the only similarity in style is the use of color. As pre-Raphaelitism waned Millet's style became more varied, and some of his later work such as The Knight Errant owes a strong debt to Eddie's influence. During his life Eddie had acquired followers such as Irish painters William Mulready and Daniel MacLeish, but both rejected Eddie's preoccupation with nudes. Mulready painted nudes but became best known for domestic genre paintings, while MacLeish chose to specialize in more traditional history paintings and exhibited only one nude work in his career. One of the few painters who consciously attempted to continue Eddie's style after his death was William Edward Frost, who had been an acquaintance of Eddie's since 1825. In the early 1830s Frost painted on commission for Thomas Potts, and later was commissioned on Eddie's recommendation to paint a portrait of Eddie's cousin Thomas Bodley. Frost successfully imitated Eddie throughout his career, to the extent that his figure studies and Eddie's are often misattributed to each other. Although Frost eventually became a royal academician in 1870, by this time Eddie's style of painting had badly fallen out of fashion. Victorian painting had gone through radical changes, and by the 1870s the realism of Eddie and the pre-Raphaelites had given way to the ideas of the aesthetic movement, abandoning the traditions of storytelling and moralizing in favor of painting works designed for aesthetic appeal rather than for their narrative or subject. Although the aesthetic movement ultimately led to a brief revival of history painting, these works were in a very different style to Eddie's. The new generation of history painters such as Edward Byrne Jones, Lawrence Alma Tadema and Frederick Layton sought to depict passivity, rather than the dynamism seen in previous works depicting the classical world. By the end of the 19th century, the value of all of Eddie's works had fallen below their original prices. As the 20th century began, the increasingly influential modernist movement, which came to dominate British art in the 20th century, drew its inspiration from Paul Cezanne and had little regard for 19th century British painting. In 1911 the city of York belatedly recognized Eddie. A statue of Eddie by G. W. Milburn was unveiled on 1 February outside the York Art Gallery in Exhibition Square, and a retrospective of 164 Eddie paintings was held at the gallery despite opposition from some of Eddie's descendants who refused to lend works for it. William Wallace Hargrove, proprietor of the York Herald, gave a speech recalling his memories of knowing Eddie. Outside York, Eddie generally remained little known, with the majority of those galleries holding his works, 
other than the Lady Lever Art Gallery, the Russell Coates Museum and Anglesey Abbey, tending to keep them in storage. Minor Eddy exhibitions in London in 1936 and 1938 had little impact, and likewise an exhibition of 30 Eddy paintings in 1948 to mark the reopening of the York Art Gallery and another York exhibition of 108 paintings the following year to mark the centenary of his death. In 2001 Eddy paintings were included in Tate Britain's landmark Exposed, the Victorian nude exhibition, which did much to raise Eddy's profile, and established Eddy as the first British artist to paint the nude with both seriousness and consistency. The restoration of the Sirens and Ulysses, completed in 2010, led to increased interest in Eddy, and in 2011-12 a major exhibition of Eddy's works was held at the York Art Gallery. The York Art Gallery continues to hold the largest collection of Eddy's works. Stay tuned.